TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Welcome back. We're still in the midst of getting vaccinations out to uh, people who are eligible. And you heard there with Sean, who just conducted our newscast, that there's going to be different tiers eligible for these things in the near future. And that's going to be a good thing. It's going to be good that they're going to expand this sort of thing out. It's funny that for some reason, broadcasters, like communications, like my job, are put on the same level as teachers. That does not seem right. It doesn't also seem right that while I'm able to continue to work from my basement and teachers who are now going back to school are put in the same priority tier. That doesn't make sense either. I don't understand why they decided to put the teachers where they put them, uh, but it is what it is. And hopefully they get them out as fast as possible. The FDA says single dose shots from Johnson and Johnson prevents severe COVID. The effectiveness is only about 65%, 66%. At preventing moderate to severe COVID-19, 85% effective against the most severe illness. The agency said that Johnson & Johnson's shot is safe, the FDA. So they're going to hopefully get these things out sooner than later. Now, the FDA, once they give this uh, emergency, hey, let's get it out there, the type of waiver. I think Johnson & Johnson mentioned they might have 2 million doses ready to go. Um, and the COVID is, is a very serious thing still. But uh, it's been kind of on the downswing. We've actually seen some encouraging things in the more recent uh, news. So Rochelle Wallenski talking about the COVID cases which are falling. We continue to see trends heading in the right direction. In the past week, average daily cases declined 25% to approximately 64,000 cases per day. This is slightly less than the summer peak of 67,000 daily cases reported last July. While this is good news, cases still remain high and we continue to watch these data closely. We also see continued declines in new hospital admissions for the most recent week. An average of 6,500 patients with COVID-19 were admitted per day, a decrease of 16% from the week prior. The number of reported deaths is also dropping with a seven-day average of slightly less than 2,000 per day. This represents a 35% decline compared to the prior week. Okay, not bad. That's what we wanna see it trending in that direction. Let's point out a couple of things. The vaccine itself isn't the thing that's making all of this drop. What could it be that's making it drop? Is it just more people are inside because of the cold weather and the storm that came through? Could it be a possibility that uh, during this time of year you find less transmission? Could it be that we're becoming stronger to uh, the, the, the COVID 
So our bodies are just doing a better job of rejecting it or not showing symptoms or not having any effect to it. Is it possible that the most vulnerable are the ones that may have already caught it and the ones that have not caught it as of yet? And the ones that aren't having issues with it right now probably won't. So they're just naturally stronger to it. Could it be a combination for these things? It's not really the vaccine 100 percent right now, mostly because they've all said it can't be the vaccine. And they've also said that what Dr. Fauci came out and mentioned, hey, you're going to be wearing that uh, mask till 2022. So just get used to it now. Dr. Fauci, the director for the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, told CNN that uh, there should be some more guidance here pretty soon. But he expects that we could be wearing these things for a long, long time. So what good is the uh, vaccination then if we're going to have to continue to wear it? Well, part of it is that they want to get as many people vaccinated uh, at a certain point. Are we getting close to herd immunity? Are we getting closer to it right now? But we're not quite there yet. And that's why they want to continue to see this sort of thing. They don't want to see us go back to it. Um, and that's the thing. If it's not protecting you, the vaccine's not protecting you. That the, This is not a good publicity moment for the vaccine for everyone to say that even if you get the shot, you're still going to have to go through the exact same rigmarole and all the different procedures as if you don't have the shot. So what's the point? And that's something that they're going to have to try to combat, that type of idea that the shot is effective, but it's so effective that you can't do anything different. You're still going to have to keep a distance and wear a mask and, you know, don't get a go to sporting events. You can't go here. You can't do this. You can't do that. All of these things still in line. Doesn't make sense, really. And The Atlantic did a story in the family section, the most likely timeline for return to normal. And when they put this out a couple of days ago, they said, you know, this summer, we're still going to see more vaccines. It might eventually make its way to children. You can find that there may be more people getting together, but it's still not going to be large gatherings. We're going to get to the fall and winter, and the population should be pretty vaccinated, but there could be a resurgence. So we're still going to want to keep things back and locked down. Atlantic says spring or summer of 2022 is what we're going to consider as normal, meaning the virus will exist. Uh, it'll be less likely for it to be severe. It'll be more likely that we'll have better treatment methods. It'll be more likely that we won't really see much of a, an effect on our bodies uh, based on the vaccines and everything else. So they say summer of 2022. That does scare me to the thought that some of these large governments are going to continue to try to push the lockdown as much as possible. And who knows, maybe the government reliance, which is we're just going to continue to uh, pass more and more COVID bills in order to make up for us continuing to ramp the uh, ramp the restrictions and keep them up at a pace that a lot of people don't want it to, to be. And California continues to grow. You look at the most restrictive state, certainly California is right up there, and they're still having a hard time beating this thing. Maybe saying that being the most restrictive and still having an issue and still having a lot of cases of COVID spread. And maybe that's not working. Maybe it's not as effective as they think it is. These are all things that needs to be asked and put into consideration. Joe Biden, President Biden, just a couple of days ago, by the way. It takes a partnership, in our view, between the federal government and all the companies and universities contributing to the vaccine effort. Just over four weeks ago, America had no real plan to vaccinate most of the country. My predecessor, as my mother would say, God love him, failed to order enough vaccines. You know, as my mama always said, my mama always told me uh, my predecessor failed to order enough vaccines. <laughs> it happened all the time. Oh, I, you know, I'd wake up in the morning. I'd be sitting there eating my cereal, getting ready to go to school, packing my lunch. 
putting it in the brown bag and I'd look up and my mama would always say my predecessor failed to order enough vaccines. <laughs> Many fond memories of a child. Just thinking about the uh, things that my mama used to tell me. Failed to mobilize the effort. My, uh, hey, uh, my mom always said my predecessor failed to mobilize the effort. Oh, I know. It's classic mom talk. I know. <laughs> He got caught pretty bad saying that, oh, the vaccine wasn't around until we took office. And then it's all kinds of great (laughs) pictures of him getting the vaccine before he took office. And on top of that, here in St. Louis, we started administering the vaccine on December 14th. I went back and looked at the very first shot that happened in the St. Louis region, at least when KMOX reported on it. There's a video, December 14th. So all of this, oh, when I took office, we didn't have any of this stuff. Yeah, right. (laughs) We were already getting this stuff out there as fast as possible. And keep in mind, these plans to distribute it started working last summer. They started working with the different governors. So when Joe Biden stands up and says all of these things, you know that he's not being truthful to you. Are they going to keep a lie counter on Joe Biden? Is that already started or is that only something they did to Donald Trump? (laughs) Well, of course, they don't think he lies ever. All right, this is Overnight America, KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. I'm excited. I'm trying to email some potential guests for future shows, and we're going to have an awesome Bigfoot hour coming up in a few weeks, uh, two Tuesdays from now on March 9th. Yeah, this time next week will be in March. Isn't that hard to believe? February ends on Sunday. Ah, it's so hard to believe. Let me open up things for you. Uh, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. One of the biggest fears I have of COVID is something that Dr. Fauci brought up here. Most recently, in a study from the University of Washington that appeared just a few days ago, it was found really now something alarming, that approximately 30% of the patients who were enrolled at the University of Washington reported persistent symptoms for as long as nine months after illness. Fatigue was the most common reported symptom and persistent symptoms were reported by one-third of outpatients with mild disease. So what is the long-term issues that our bodies could have if you contracted COVID? Or what if you didn't even know you had it? You're asymptomatic, your body was healthy enough where it didn't really put up the red flags, it didn't come debilitating, but are you going to find out, I don't know, 10, 20 years from now, your lungs are shot, you didn't know it? You ever see those x-rays where they show the lungs and it doesn't look so good? They say, here's what a regular healthy lungs look like. Here's what a smoker lung looks like. And here's what a COVID lung looks like. And it looks like you've been inhaling those vapes with all the metal in it for about a year and a half. And it's nasty. And I wonder all the times where people had a suspicion, oh, I kind of was sick a little bit there, but, you know, it got out of my system. So it didn't really, you know, I wasn't too worried. All the times we just don't know. What could the long-term damage be? And it could be sitting there waiting for us. That scares me. And if you're older, that should really scare you because you don't want that end of your life to have to deal with more complications tacked on top of whatever complications you might have. Don't like any of that. Uh, 314-436-7900. One person texted in. They don't even fact check. uh, They don't have fact checkers for Joe. He can make up whatever he wants. I think that's the true. I don't know if they'd actually have started a counter. Uh, And we laugh at this sort of thing, but it just highlights just how absurd the uh, media was during the Trump administration and just how soft they are 
currently now, no such thing as hard journalism for those in the media anymore. That We had a great guest on that just the other night, by the way. If you go back in the podcast, you can find it. So here's someone that has been really looked at as a model, the gold standard, as President Joe Biden would say when it comes to fighting COVID. Governor Cuomo in New York, he's out there, he's winning Oscars, he's uh, winning the hearts of people, and people look at they said, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Well, he's uh, not looking so good right now. I compare him to Michael Avenetti in a way because he rose to fame, Michael Avenetti. He went out there and he said, I'm going to be the savior of the Democratic Party and I'm going to take Donald Trump down and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and blah, 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 blah. Well, eventually he got caught for the fraud that he was and goes to jail. I feel like Governor Cuomo is going through the same thing. He had a lot of people fooled and he's got a lot of issues to deal with right now. One of the issues that he's been constantly dealing with is the way that he handled seniors inside nursing homes during COVID, reintroducing sick patients back into nursing homes. And that was a total and utter failure. And what happened when they looked at that and said, none of this makes sense outside media members, they really criticized him for this. And you know what he said? Oh, no, no, no. Listen, we're not having issues with this. This is just fine. We did everything properly and no no harm, no foul. We didn't have any issues. We look at this. We had a cruise ship sitting out there and we didn't even have to use them. How great is that? That's how great New York is. Well, as it turns out, them lying on the numbers uh, really had a pretty terrible toll and thousands of seniors unnecessarily died because of his policies and hiding his failures and not uh, reporting this properly. And on top of that, that could also be multiplied based on the other states who were told this is how you do it. And you have other governors that may be making decisions based on the flawed actions, the known flawed actions as he's continuing to hide these things, causing more damage uh, across the United States. That was problem number one. And if that wasn't enough for you, let's go to problem number two. This is the latest. And I'm going to NBC News for it. Former aide for New York Governor. Andrew Cuomo subject, uh, subjected her to, quote, pervasive harassment when she worked for him, including numerous inappropriate comments in front of other people in a kiss on the lips when they were alone. Apparently, he said to the former aide, Lindsay Boylan, let's play strip poker. On more than one occasion. Or excuse me, one occasion, I should say, because if, you know, one occasion is enough, but still. She says, I'm compelled to tell my story because no woman should feel forced to hide her experiences in workplace intimidation, harassment, humiliation, not by the governor or anyone else. Boylan wrote in an essay posted Wednesday, and that's online. You can actually see her, uh, Lindsay Boylan, on Twitter. My story of working with Governor Cuomo, quote, let's play strip poker. Doesn't he sound like a great guy <laughs> to work with? So he's hiding the senior deaths. He is putting policies in place that put a lot of other seniors at risk. He's already been called to be pulled out of office. And now sexual harassment on top of that sustained over multiple uh, years. So this isn't good. Boylan alleged that Cuomo made the comment about the strip poker when they were flying home from an event in Western New York on a taxpayer funded jet in October of 2017. Um, said in the essay, Boylan said her problems began with his first encounter in a Manhattan January of 2016, my boss soon informed me that the governor had a crush on me, Boylan said. Oh, my goodness. You got to be kidding me. I wonder how uh, Cuomo on CNN right now is handling this, seeing that his brother's in there. Now, he's already ran defense. 
and keep in mind on CNN, they call them news makers. They call them someone that has, you know, journalists on television, the way that they present the news. So when they're so deeply involved with it, uh, keep in mind, Andrew Cuomo has had all kinds of other issues, but his uh, brother who's on CNN, he's someone that continues to have issues. Remember, he's caught COVID from what I believe. He broke quarantine, went out when he shouldn't have left the house. They uh, filmed all kinds of things to make it look like here's my triumphant return from the basement, all of which was staged and faked. Uh, he confronted other people. We had a real hot head. Uh, he was called Frodo. No, not Frodo. Uh, Fredo, because being the uh, less popular brother like the Godfather series, got highly offended by that. Looks, You know, he, he gets like this roid rage type of deal is uh, what it's been explained as because, uh, you know, he works out or whatever. He likes to show off his big arms. So he gets this rage that runs through him and he has a hard time dealing with it, apparently. So whenever someone confronts the failures of New York, he's very quick to defend his brother, not as a journalist, but as a brother. And you can tell he's compromised because of it. Now, all of this is playing right out. And this is goes to show you when you play defense over and over and over again, this is the type of stuff you're hiding. Sexual harassment and uh, lots of seniors having all kinds of uh, uh, problems in the nursing homes. And that's not the only Democrat in trouble right now. House Republicans are still wanting details on Eric Swalwell's ties to the Chinese spy that he was probably sleeping with because it looked like he had a romantic relationship with her because that was the M.O. of this spy. She got in with up and comers in the political realm, predominantly Democrats like Eric Swalwell in California. And her whole thing was to be seductive and sleep with these people in order to try to get in with them and get secrets. And we know that this was happening because it happened to multiple men. And that was the playbook of the Chinese Communist Party. Eric Swalwell was fallen prey to this. There's photographs of him with her. Uh, she was friends with her family members on Facebook even. So here's the, the latest. Eric Swalwell's ties to a suspected Chinese intelligence operative. There's a letter of House Republicans, uh, including some ranking ones that want Homeland Security to look into this and say, Hey, uh, we want to report. We want to know how compromised he was. They want an FBI briefing on Swalwell's ties to the Chinese spy because he should not be in any position for national security. He should not be sitting on any national security chairs or any committees right now. The, the fact that he took fundraising money from a Chinese spy, the fact that he was friendly with a young Chinese spy, the fact that he probably had close ties in a romantic relationship. All of these things do not fare well. The Democrats have just kind of brushed it under the rug and said, don't worry about it. Uh, Republicans are saying, no, I think we should worry about it. We want to know exactly to the extent that he was compromised. And I think they deserve that. I think they should get that. Not looking good for Eric Swalwell. I think he wants to go back to the times he was known for going on the news network. I'm guessing MSNBC. If you remember, maybe it was CNN, one of the two. He was given an interview, live interview, and just ripped a big fart on the interview and then he did his tour afterwards he's like going on colbert oh no no it was just the chair it was the squeaky shoes or whatever it was and had to go back the next night he's on wolf blitzer no 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 i didn't do that but it was clear as day what happened the fact that they even got him on these like national shows to defend himself is just show you how ridiculous some of these late night talk shows are to begin with but either way when we come back, we'll take a look at your weather. And yeah, things are uh, not too shabby. The FCC, not happy with some of these suggestions to drop news providers from the television networks. I want to talk to you about that, too. 
And you might be more inclined to say Andrew Cuomo, hey, still good guy. There's a lot of people that defended him that may be listening right now. I think he was the greatest governor. You tell me you're still standing by him. I don't think you are. 314-436-7900. It's Overnight America KMOX. Cardinal Spring Training is underway in Jupiter, Florida. And KMOX's Mike Claiborne is covering it all. Hear his daily reports, mornings and afternoons. And on Cardinal's Open Live, sponsored in part by T.R. Hughes Homes. I'm your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. I, um, I'm a fan of Frazier coming back. I think that's cool. I wonder how long it's going to take before they actually get that back into the system. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Quite stylish. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got your pegs. <laughs> and I know the artist of that song. I think an East St. Louis guy. That's not cool. But I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. Calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building. What a great theme song. We're lucky here on Overnight America that Doug and Donna put together such a great song for the show. There was an, a, a storyline on Frazier in the past, and Elvis was calling in. I think he might be calling back here, hopefully, but. There was a episode where Frazier tried to create his own theme song for his radio show, and it was just this giant monstrosity of a song. This is what I should do for Doug and Donna. I should get them put together like a minute and a half production for an intro. Whom can you turn to for prompt diagnosis? A fetish or fantasy? Sex or psychosis? No problem at all. Let us handle your call. On our show, on our show. Erectile dysfunction. Bedwetting narcosis. There's no need for shame. You can use a false name. On our show, on our show. On our show, on our show. The whole idea is he hired all these people to put together what he thought would be the perfect radio theme song. And he's got a whole room. It's an orchestra of people. And they're doing all of this stuff. And it's like, man, way too much that we're put into it. Uh, Elvis is calling in. Good to see you, Elvis. What's going on? Elvis, are you there? Uh oh, I don't know. I can't hear Elvis. Hello. Oh, there we go. I hear you now. What's going on? Oh, okay. Well, uh, nothing, my friend. I heard you talking about radio shows going in and moving into the television. If I am right. Yeah, and it was WKRP in Cincinnati popular there for a while. Then I would say right. the next most popular would have been Frazier, but I can't think of anything popular, at least as popular after that. Well, let me let me hope to juggle or juggle your memory. Do you remember Phil Hartman on news radio? Oh yeah, yeah, that was on simultaneously in the nineties, wasn't it? Yeah, same with uh, yeah, yeah. NBC had it all. Oh, Did they both Phil Hartman was a man. Have- Oh, Phil Hartman was great. So was NBC, Frasier, and News Radio at the same time, two radio programs, two different right. nights? I, well, I think uh, Frasier was on Tuesday, and then I can't remember what night uh, Phil was or the News Radio was on, but I know it was on in the 90s. What a fun so. show. That didn't last that long. You know, I watched most of those, 
And Phil Hartman was so good, but after his passing, it just wasn't the same. And, you know, they brought in John Lovitz and it just, you know, he wasn't as good, even though he was funny. It just wasn't the same. The magic wasn't there. Do you know how that show ended? I remember watching the last episode of that before they went away. Do you ever see that one? Uh, if, if my mind's right, I think they had like a little wake in, in that office. Uh, uh, I can't remember the characters offhand, but I think right. they had like a little wake where they all read a statement about him. Yes, but that was uh, not the end of the show. The series. Continued. Oh, that wasn't the end. Yeah, and then eventually, what happened is basically all the people that worked there decided to take a job somewhere else, so they all left, and the only one that was left was Andy Dick's character, who, by the way, Andy oh. is a terrible person from all everything I've heard. I don't know if you've read anything about him, but uh, it was John Lovitz did blame Andy Dick for Phil Hartman's death there for a long time. I don't know if that's ever been settled. Everything that you just said, yes, I have heard, yes, about Andy Dick and about uh, uh, Mr. Lovitz confronting him uh, about being the one that gave the cocaine to the Mrs. Hartman and then caused her to relapse and end up killing Phil. And, well, you see, you know the rest. Quite terrible, actually, yeah. But, okay, so past the 90s, can you think of any television show that actually had a radio backdrop to it? Uh, offhand, I can't, but like I told the feller that answered, uh, Superman, I wasn't alive, but in 1940, he was on radio, and then in the 50s, they, George Reeves was Superman, but I know that wasn't, I don't think the same writers, but I don't know, but I just know that uh, the only one I could come up with was news radio. Wait, so Superman, instead of being a reporter for the Daily Bugle or whatever, he was a radio guy in the early books, the comic books? In, in, no, 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 no. He okay. He was a newspaper reporter in the when he first started, and in 1940, I believe the February 12th, 1940, a guy by the name of Bud Collier started, I guess, reading scripts that was Superman related. And if you're ever up in the middle of the night on Saturday night into Sunday morning, about 3:30, they play old Superman radio shows. That's Cam cool. Wax does. They have the the way radio was. Is that what that program's called? Something like that. That's part of it. And and yeah. I I kick myself up many a night when I fall asleep during it or fall asleep before it comes on. So but. I gotta say I I don't catch it. Then I um, I am normally the days I don't work. I don't stay up late. It's tough on the schedule, the body sleep schedule. But still, I can't stay up. It's so strange. It's just even though my regular days are staying up late doing the show, it's it doesn't transfer to the days I don't work. Well, I, I don't want to jump subjects, but I would like to say this before I get off here. I was really impressed with your wife. She really, really under, I understood that book after I listened to you guys talking. <laughs> Isn't she impresses me all the time? In fact, her, the fact you, that she is able to read man. so many books. Oh, thank you. But she is, uh, she's great. And she reads all the time and she's got all, I mean, she's nonstop reading and she's got like a lineup of books that she waits for. And she's got some that she can't wait to come out. And it's just, as soon as one's done, she knocks it down and just starts the next one. It's amazing. Um, and well, by the way, in her book group and the people she's around, so she reads 93 books last year. This year, her goal is a hundred books, which is I think amazing, but the group that she's in a uh, hundreds, like, you know, upper 75%. There's still people that read a lot more than her, which boggles my mind. I don't know how anyone has that much time. Huh? Boy, she, she quite the reader then. <laughs> yes, she is. All right, Elvis. Good to hear from okay. you. Thanks for calling in. Hey, take care my man. We'll see All right. We'll see ya. 
Yeah, I was telling her, I don't I don't read a lot of novels. I read a lot of news stories. I read portions of books for interviews, but I don't normally read the entire book. I I really hate to break this to you when it comes to radio personalities. I like to bring people on based on the subject. It's not because I read their book and I found their book so fascinating that I had to get them on to talk more about it. I just don't have that type of commitment and time to read every single book of every author we have on here. Mostly I'm interested in the subject matter and I'm curious and I want to ask a lot of questions about it. And if the uh, subject matter is good enough, sometimes we'll even have the authors on for a full hour, which is great. But I'll try to like go through the book and I'll, I'll try to like pick a few things out that seem interesting inside of it. Um, I don't think any radio personality reads the entire book to the exception of some like Don Marsh, for example, when he was over on NPR here, when he was still working out uh, for them. And yeah, that's still a shame that they let him go. But still, when I talk to him, I think he reads the full book. I think he was someone that took a lot of time to do that. That's a rarity anymore. You just don't see that in radio. But it's one of those things that we give the impression that we read a lot. Now, my I mean, we read, but we just don't read every single book of every single author of it's just impossible. I do have a pretty nice lineup of books in my office back here of different books that were sent to us for interviews. And they go from the floor to the ceiling. Now, if for some reason, if I was ever locked in my basement and it was one of those apocalyptic scenarios where everything was shut off and there was nothing left, I'd have a lot of things to entertain me down here book wise. So that's pretty nice. I got that going for me right now. I hope that doesn't come to it. I hope that's not the reason why I catch up on all these things. 314-436-7900. This is Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Thanks again for spending time with us here on Overnight America. And it's one of those quiet nights, which is fine. Uh, 314-436-7900 is the number if you wanted to uh, reach out to us here. And there's a couple of different stories. The FCC has now blasted House Democrats suggesting that cable providers should drop Fox News or Newsmax or OAN or any of these things. FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr slammed the California representatives. It's uh, Representative Anna Ashu and Jerry McNerney. Uh, for what he calls chilling transgression of free speech, as if it was reported there, which is good because we reported on this yesterday. It's really amazing to think that a official, an elected official representing the government would try to put something forward that would say that, hey, we're going to dictate what is news and what is not news. We're going to dictate what is reported about us and what's not reported about us. And under penalty of law, and we're going to try to pass this into a way where we're going to discourage anything that is not complimentary to us is very sad. You know, you want to talk about a direct a direct attack on the press. How many years in a row did you hear the CNNs and the MSNBC scream, yell and cry? Uh, oh, the attack of the press. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And this was a direct attack. And you can't even find this. The New York Post posted how the FCC decided to come out and say, no, this is terrible. Uh, at least the commissioner said, this is a chilling transgression of free speech. But for the last two years, they act like they are just up there and trying to defend free speech and trying to defend uh, the free press, but then they ignore this one. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's the just the constant attack that you see, and it's almost exclusively 
from those that have been voted in as Democrats that try to pull this sort of thing up there almost exclusively. So I'm glad that he called it troubling, that he said regulated entities um, and everything else that would uh, go along with it. Uh, to pay the price if the targeted newsrooms do not confirm the Democrats' preferred political narratives, the chilling transgression of the free speech rights that every media outlet in the country enjoys. Uh, so good for him to do that. I'm glad that he was able to point that out and at least make it. And I thought a follow-up from what we had just the other day would be worth uh, bringing up the news of the changes here. Another story, a couple of uh, odd ones. Which one do you want to go with, though? UFOs or coyotes? Let's go coyotes first. And we'll we'll follow up with the UFOs. Fox Two did a thing on this. I guess the coyotes are going to be here pretty soon. Dan Zarlinga with the Missouri Department of Conservation says the good news is that people are not on the dinner menu for coyotes. I like that she said dinner menu. Are not on the dinner menu for coyotes. Yeah, you don't hear a lot of coyotes going after people all that often. I mean, I think they've been known if they find something out in the wilderness to strip it, you know, down to the bone. But they don't really come around, you know, knocking on the door. Like it's the three piggies, you know, and try to blow your house down and not by the hair of my chinny chin chin situation. Not really. So if you see a coyote, keep your distance and remove all temptations from your yard. This would be like leaving your pet food out to feed your pets. Um, It might even mean taking your bird feeder in because of the seed that drops attracts rodents that might attract coyotes. Darlinga says you also want to do what they call harassment towards the coyote. I like this. Let's harass the coyotes. I think that the Blues need to harass the Coyotes, man. They had such a hard time in that long stretch of games against the Phoenix Coyotes. Well, no, that's not Phoenix anymore. It's, it's the Arizona Coyotes. But they have this uh, harass the Coyotes mentality as the DNR. Darlinga says you also want to do what they call harassment towards the Coyote. I like this. Harassment towards the Coyote. It sounds like a book title, doesn't it? Harassment towards the Coyote. What would that book be? Harassment towards the Coyote. It would be a story about a coming of age story, of course, where they found themselves always on the butt end of the joke. Harassment towards the coyote. And his uh, nickname is Coyote. Would that be it? Would this be like a Disney Plus type of deal? Uh, Kid has an imaginary coyote friend. Uh, Do anything you can to make the coyote feel uncomfortable, whether that's screaming at it, yelling at it. People blow air horns, throw things, rocks, squirt hoses bang pots and pans all right so are you going out in your yard you see a coyote and you say hold on don't go anywhere coyote i gotta go get my pots and pans to bang at you bang pots and pans uh, who's standing outside with pots and pans seriously are you standing around just waiting for the opportunity to bang these things what Uh, do anything you can to make the coyote feel uncomfortable i know i want to make the coyote uncomfortable at all uh get andrew cuomo there to ask if it wants to play strip poker that could be one of the things to make the coyote uncomfortable or sexually harass it, like uh, Governor Cuomo. Whether that's screaming at it, yelling at it. Oh, scream at it, yell at it. That's a good way, too. People blow air horns, throw things, rocks, squirt hoses. How do you just have all of these things handy? You're just waiting to use it. I like all the examples, too. As part of this story, they had them showing you the visual. Here's a dude with pots and pans. Here's someone screaming at it. Maybe we could all use a little coyote scream therapy in are uh, in our uh, backyards to try to get it out of our system. I don't think I've ever seen a coyote where I live. I've seen deer. We get deer a lot. I get a lot of cats that walk through the front yard. I think it's mostly our neighbor's cat. And we uh, it, it triggers our security system as in like, it makes a recording of it. And then I can go back and watch it later. And when I wake up in the morning, I always check, okay, I wonder if anything walked through our front yard. Okay, there's a cat. There's the other cat. Oh, there's the same cat, different cat. Uh, once in a while, there's something a little bit more fun, like a raccoon. 
I hate seeing those. <laughs> I don't want those in our yard. And then once in a while, it's even a deer. And I like to show those. And to my son, he gets really excited when I show him that. But I'm not going to find myself if I in, in confronting a coyote doing anything other than yelling. I'll try to be menacing to it. I'll yell and scream at it. But honey, get the pots and pans. Here's another quick story about UFOs. American Airlines are not denying a possible UFO spotting, saying, hey, uh, this is not good. Now, we don't exactly know what it is. It looks like something. Here is the audio from American Airlines. have any targets up here? We just had something go right over the top of us. That I hate to say this looked like a long cylindrical object. It almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top of us. That's a scary thing. Think of all the stuff pilots see anymore. Back in California, you had that one dude that was strapping on the rocket and flying up like the rocketeer. Uh, it was really scary looking. You know, for a while, the airline pilots didn't know what they were going to run up to into the sky. Some dude flying around on a jetpack or anything like that. Now, UFOs, they have to watch for that, too. So the radio pilots saw this about 1 o'clock. On February, hmm, what was this? The 21st? So just a couple of days ago, I think that was the day they saw it. Yeah. Transmission came in February 21st. That an unidentified object was flying right on top of them, according to the transmission recorded by Steve Douglas. And his blog posted that up there. What do you think this was? have any targets up here. We just had something go right over the top of us that... I hate to say this looked like a long cylindrical object. It almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top of us. Yeah, had he considered knocking pots and pans to scare the thing away? I wonder what it was. There's all kinds of tests that go down. There was one in Miami. They were testing some missiles down there. But this wouldn't make sense because the where this plane was located, the Albuquerque Center did not respond because local traffic, air traffic, um, interfered with it but uh, the flight went on to land in phoenix had no problems new mexico is home to the white sands missile range which is located in the southern part of the state is it possible that something could have happened uh, something rogue could have went from there possibly they have no idea what it could have been could have been anything i thought that we were supposed to find out if there were aliens by now i thought that pretty much every elected official said they're going to release the information donald trump didn't release anything I don't anticipate Joe Biden, but there could be other reports that come in. And I know that there are other committees that say there's some pretty strong evidence. You see these blogs and these news agencies that report on the blogs, but don't actually try to confirm it for themselves. But once in a while, they'll say, well, the government agency found something that crashed and they're still studying it. So they lead you to believe or they give you this certain impression that, oh, it's an alien spacecraft, but it could really be anything. I mean, it could have been, they call it unidentified because they just haven't been able to figure out what it is. It doesn't mean that it's mysterious from out of this world or anything like that. could be anything. Probably something that they don't want up in the air with airplanes, but flying right over it. At least the pilot was paying attention, wasn't just sitting back, relaxing, and not doing anything, letting autopilot take its uh, course. Maybe one day I'll be able to report to you I saw a UFO but I doubt it. Uh, some people do have all kinds of different stories about it, UFOs and such. Let me just say, we don't do a lot of paranormal stories, but I love them. In a couple of weeks on Tuesday the 9th, we're going to have a Bigfoot hunter on the show for a full hour, and he said he'll answer your questions. If you ever wanted to ask Bigfoot questions, that's going to be here in a few more weeks, but maybe we'll have to do another UFO segment. Before you know it, there could be it in the news yet again. 
Well, we got one more hour of Overnight America coming up, and there's a lot to get to in many different ways. There's a few local stories that we did. Voter ID bill passes in Missouri. This is a good thing. We'll talk about that. And also the uh, Senate okays the limit to COVID-19 lawsuits. And Crystal uh, Abedin is someone that we talked to in the first hour. She was great I, uh, trying to explain to us this uh, culture of internet culture and influencers, things like that, in a way that we could all understand. So you'll learn about that coming up next hour, too, on Overnight America KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and ATT at tmobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.